And so like you said, you know, like repentance is the key. David, that's the, that's the big difference between the two is David repented whenever Nathan calls him out. You know, now we, we don't know Robbie's whole life, but there's, we don't know of any evidence of that happening. Welcome to Switching Lenses, a podcast that takes current issues and events within the culture and defends the Christian position from an apologetical and biblical lens. Now, here are your hosts, Shane Skirvin and Josh Phillips. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Switching Lenses. Shane, we're in the middle of a series right now called The Profundity of Forgiveness. But we're going to take a little detour. We're going to take a little break in our series, and we wanted to address something. Just recently, the news of Ravi Zacharias, the investigation into his personal affairs, but the, the official report from the investigation was released last week. And uh, we, you know, we talked about this. We said, you know, should we, should we bring this up? Should we do an episode on this? And we decided, yeah, I think, I think we should. Uh, mostly due to the fact that we had an episode, Shane, a few, several months back when he passed away. And we did kind of a tribute episode. And we've since taken that down, given the recent events. Didn't really feel right keeping that up now with the new information we've come across. But uh, we wanted to do an episode, kind of talk about this. And really what we want to get into, not so much just rehash the events of what happened, because everybody can read that. Everybody can go online and find out all the things that happened, the what the investigation uncovered. But really what we want to deal with is some of the hard questions that I think everybody's facing. Everybody's having a hard time dealing with this. Ravi had such a reputation of somebody who would be probably the last person to be accused of this. What do you think, Shane? I mean, this is uh, that's what we're hearing from people. Just yeah. people really shocked. And so a lot of people- Yeah, surprise factor. Yeah, for sure. And I think you and I both, we're, we're both still kind of like, man, I, I'm not even 100% sure what to do with this. Like how to react to this. And that's what we want to spend this time with this episode. This is kind of like uh, thinking out loud, not to borrow the title of one of our- our favorite podcasts, but I uh, do just kind of talking this out a little bit and trying to reason this out. You know, what's, what's the proper uh, perspective to take on various aspects of, uh, of this approach to Robbie's life. So Shane, we, we, you know, we've, we've talked about this. We don't want to spend too much time on this, but you know, we were, we were both quite shocked by this when it came out. I know, I think even for me, I was more in the camp of like, Oh, this is just, you know, somebody just trying to go after and ruin his his name. Whereas I think I know you were a little more like, well, hold on a second. There's some there's some other accusations. You were a little more skeptical, right? Well, because of the 2017 uh, accusations, I had uh, followed fairly closely, and you know there was an NDA and uh, there was money involved, and so that was something that was kind of a little bit of a uh, flag. Yeah, but. Yeah, so you're a little more, a little more skeptical, a little more mm-hmm. on the trail, a little bit, and uh, then the news broke, and we're both just sort of like, "Wow, can you believe this?" And again, not to get into all the details because, like I said, you you, you guys can you can go read this stuff online, but we want to hit a couple questions here, and uh, and you know, I, I think you know, with our own thinking and some of the things we've heard other people say, whether it be articles or social media or whatever it might be, we want to kind of sort of address some questions that we've had. And so let's kind of start with this first one here, Shane. Let's kind of jump in. And I know for me, 
when I've seen people talk, this is mainly social media that I've noticed this. I've seen people kind of rushing to the defense of Ravi in, in some sense. I know they're not defending what he did, but I'm hearing a lot of this. So he sort of references to David quite a bit. Like, you know, well, if you're going to go ahead and demonize Ravi and you're going to think all these horrible things about him, you got to do it with David too. And, you know, and it's, and the slick ones will throw in at the end, you know, David was a guy after God's own heart, you know, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll throw that one in there too. And I don't, I don't know. That's really a fair comparison, Shane. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I, the first thing that jumps out at me, uh, there's a couple of things. One of the first thing one of the first things that jumps out at me is the, the idea that we should be empathizing with the victims, not with Ravi himself. I, I w- want to make sure that we don't first sympathize and empathize with him without reference to there was actual victims, real victims. Right. It's real um, easy that, just to go, uh, go like yeah. defend your guy and forget there's people yeah. that were suffered. Yeah, there was victims. And uh, I mean, I always, whenever I'm talking about worldview with uh, kids I interact with, we talk about how bad, you know ideas have consequences and bad ideas have victims. I love that line. I, I believe I picked it up I from like Joan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so we do have to focus there. And then the other thing with David comparison, which I think is, it's just, it's so one-sided not to look at the holistic picture, including everyone involved. And when you really step back and look at it with a uh, wider lens, David had a public repentance that a very public repentance and an airing of everything that went down. And I think it's really important to notice, you know, as a king uh, and a person of authority, he had a lot to lose. He was delegitimizing not just his position um, and weakening his positioning, but t- potentially his whole line, right? right. His whole family, mm-hmm. his heirs. And so that was – uh, you know, we see in our elected officials day, people that are reluctant in power to mention when they make a mistake. Could you imagine back then when, <laughs> you know, it's a, but so I, I, that, in that context, I think it really misses the boat because there was no repentance. It's really one thing, right? Like if you and I mess up and have to repent, it's a whole nother. If you have a celebrity status or you're a That's leader right. in some sense, yes. it takes, yes. it's a lot harder to do. Yeah. And you know, one of the questions you're eroding your own influence, exa- right? Yeah, and 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 nowadays, which is probably a little different back then. Just well, just well, not not in his position. Though. I was going to say it's a little different because now, because like because of social media, there's a digital track record of everything you've ever done, and so yeah. it's going to live the rest of your life and beyond. But I mean, David, in a way, is still still hearing about this the mistake he made even today in 2021. <laughs> so maybe it's not all that different. <laughs> but yeah, you, you know, you used a key word there and this was kind of the thought, the key word repentance. That was actually the thought that I had, you know, when I first heard this information, you know, I mean, this was, Robbie's a guy I looked up to and a guy I listened to so many times. I took classes at the, at his academy and to hear that, you know, my first reaction was to kind of defend him a little bit and be like, well, okay, hold on a second. Um, okay. He messed up. It, it seems pretty clear you know, I didn't want to go the. I was. I've heard some people go the route. Well, the guy hasn't got a chance to defend himself. How can you possibly take any of these accusations seriously? I'm like, well, this this seems credible. If his own his own RZIM institution is lending credit to these accusations, I think there's something there. And this, and I'm talking back in December, not uh, a week ago when it was actually fully disclosed. But um, anyway, anyways, my thought was like sort of well. 
you know, if he, okay, okay, it looks like he did this. Maybe, maybe there was repentance. Maybe he repented in some ways. So I'm, I'm, I was trying to like take his back and hope that there was some positive spin on this. And repentance is the key to this. And when the actual report came out and we started reading, I know you read, you read the whole thing. I, I didn't read all of it, but I read, I read you know, a decent amount of it. And you look at it and there's like, man, there's stuff happening over a long period of time and happening up until, you know, a few months of his death. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I'm not the, I'm not the judge. Only, only God can ultimately judge. But from my vantage point, it's hard to see that any repentance took place. It seems more likely that it didn't, given the repetitive nature of these events taking place over and over, over time. And so, like, yeah. you, and so, like you said, you know, like repentance is the key. David, that's the that's the big difference between the two. Is David repented whenever Nathan calls him out, tells the story, and he's essentially telling a story about David, and David gets so mad and like, you know, this, we, this guy's gonna pay, <laughs> and then David's like, and Nathan's like, yeah, the, the guy's you, and like, you know, he just instantly, boom, just falls, repents, and confesses. Whereas, you know, now we we don't know Robbie's whole life, but there's, we don't know of any evidence of that happening. And, you know, and I think one thing you have to link in there too, I think just a little side note, uh, David could have had Nathan killed. So it's pretty courageous yep. that Nathan, what he did, you know, it's one thing to call out someone when you're like, man, they might unfriend me. Wait, did Kings kill my- people when they got mad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dangerous position, right? Yeah. Shoot, yeah. I mean, like, even in the Bible, you know, was it Nebuchadnezzar, interpret my dream? Well, tell me what my dream was first, then interpret it, or I'm killing you if you can't do both. I mean, yeah, yeah, that was, and I I don't know how, I doubt that was very uncommon. Yeah. Uncommon. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just, so in every level, there was a, a level of power and repentance that don't have a parallel with our story with with Ravi. So I think that to just throw out the David uh, parallel without is it, I think can be a little bit lazy and insensitive. I mean, I'm not trying to to bash on anyone that does it. I just think you can't throw you can't bring that out alone. You have to you have to look at this in a wider context and and dig a little deeper biblically. Yeah, have more holistic view of the situation. Yes. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's easy. Like you said, it's easy to forget the victims and sort of quote, defend your guy consciously or subconsciously. You know, another aspect we talked about, you know, we were both kind of caught off guard with this. It's easy sometimes, and I think social networking makes us <laughs> more, um, it makes us more plausible, but we think we know people, right? We, we've heard somebody in, in the case of Ravi, we've heard maybe speak a lot, yeah, YouTube or the, the, when he was doing the radio station uh, stuff. Or read his we even books. Even saw him in person. Oh yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Or saw him yeah. in person. It's easy to think we know somebody, but that's not always the case, is it? No, no. I I had a uh, wise um, friend of mine mention to me in the context of Ravi's um, falling and uh, into this this pattern of sin, and he said, "You know, I'm not surprised when someone, you know, for lack of a better word, falls in the celebrity Christian culture world." 
But he said, you know, what what sticks me, what's like a dagger is when it's someone that I knew and was uh, side by side with me in ministry. He said, that's the one that gets to me. He said, if it's someone I don't know, and especially I know in the evangelical world, we can be a little bit, uh, well, that's kind of a whole different issue, but we can definitely fall into a celebrity Christian culture and hold people up in a way that that isn't biblical. So I, I... I definitely think that's important to realize too, is you don't really know someone if you're not in a relationship with them or have community. You don't know what they're walking out. You don't know their accountability. You don't know the guidance and the ground rules they've put in their life or if they're playing with fire. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I can be honest that I can sometimes be susceptible to this. I mean, heck, I was caught off guard with this very situation we're talking about. But I will say this though, if I can, <laughs> and I don't, I hope I'm not being cynical. I don't think I am, but this has kind of changed me, the situation, in the sense of, you know, I, I, I even if I hear somebody who um, I hold in a high, high position, somebody I really respect, somebody who seems seems to be living a life, again, this goes back to what you just said, I don't know the, what life they're living, I only see a portrait of it via YouTube or a podcast or whatever it might be. But um, I, it sort of changed me, not in a jaded sense, but now I'm sort of like, you know what? Nothing surprises me now. And I don't think, I don't think I'll be caught off guard again like that. That almost sounds sort of defensive, but I, I, mean, I don't really think it is that way. It's more just like, this is the, this is the nature. This is the true, true nature of human beings. You know, like I always tell people this. Um, I, I've heard stories about someone saying like, Oh my gosh, I saw Pastor so and so, whether it was their church or another church or whoever, whatever it might be. I just, I saw him um, yell at somebody out of his car, or, you know, oh, I heard he didn't tip somebody. He only tipped somebody 10% or whatever. You know, it's like, and we, we say with, in one side of our mouth, we say, oh, yeah, I know everybody's fallen. Every, everybody makes mistakes. What about, what about your pastor? Oh, yeah, he's, he's not perfect either. But the second they make a mistake, it's just like, whoa, what? this awful person. So there's, there's, there's a balance to it. But like I said, I've, it's kind of made me really, if if I'm going to truly say, you know, everybody's fallen, you know, then I can't be totally caught off guard. Now, granted what, what Robbie did, what what was laid out in the investigation was some pretty terrible stuff. Again, it's probably a fairly extreme example. Well, and the pattern of hidden secret sin too, without repentance I mean, we're, you know, we're not, we're not talking just, um, sin that we all wrestle with for sure. And, um, and all of us battle temptation, right? Right. I mean, if it's maybe not in the same area as Ravi or maybe it is, but you know, anger, pride, jealousy, I mean, all of us insecurity, Mm -hmm. all of us wrestle with, uh, I, you know, I used to think in the old Testament, what's the deal with people going back and back and forth to idolatry and idols. And then, you know, I, I missed, the connection that many of the things we wrestle with in temptations now as New Testament Christians are really just another form of idolatry, right? Yeah. We have our own idols that we wrestle with and we want to sacrifice to and we want to follow because they promise us sweet things, right? Mm-hmm. They promise us redemption without without cost. Well, the and ironic part about a lot of those idols, you know, those idols represented wealth. They represented sex. They represented the very things Power, that, control. That we build idols, that maybe not yeah. stone or wood carved idols, but the very things that those physical idols represented are still ruling us today. Yeah, false gods. Yeah.
Well, let's get to the, the, the final question. I think this is the big one here. And Shannon, I'm curious to know what you think about this. You know, what do we do now with Ravi? You know, we live in this cancel culture where we're canceling everybody. Every time that they make a mistake, you know, what do we do in a situation like this? And just, just to give a couple of examples, um, so it's not just an overarching cancel yes or no, because I think I know we live in that. And I, and I really think the way we should deal with people is way more nuanced than a simple check yes or check no. But let's take, for instance, his books. You know, should should more of his books be pub- uh, printed? Should they be sold in stores? Should people be reading them? Maybe if you already have them, should we not be reading them? What about like maybe some of his talks he's given that are on YouTube and the and the podcasts? I don't know if the podcasts are still. I think they're still active right now. The RZM podcast, but um, any of those add information. Anything anything that he was putting out there. You know, should we as Christians, Bible believing Christians, should we still listen to them or no? Or what do you think? Yeah, I, well, first off, I have to acknowledge it's very complicated that situation. It's when a gosh, when a lifetime of work is 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 seemingly compromised, you know, with this um, with these revelations, it is complicated. So I'm not, uh, I'm definitely giving my opinion, and I see, I could definitely see both sides of it. But, you know, the very thing that bugs us about Ravi is that his life didn't live up to the truth that he proclaimed, that there was a disconnect. And so, you know, by the by that very definition, we're saying the body of his work doesn't isn't represented in the life he was living. And so it's it's fairly – on one hand, to me, I look at it and say – yeah, this the the truth that he's proclaiming and the and the work that he did and the the reasoned arguments, you know, they weren't really uh they're an abstract creation that isn't seemingly corrupted by the revelation of his life, right? Right. And so I uh, you know, I I kind of see them as is able to be separated. You know, just like you would if you see a car that's made really well, you you're able to kind of separate it and say, "Okay, you know, someone might have created that." but how much of their life carried over into their talent or their gifting. And so, you know, it's kind of a complicated thing to um, look at. Anytime there is something created, it at some level it does retain something about the person that created it. And so, and then, you know, with Ravi though, I mean, it's, it's, these are two different paths, right? Wouldn't we say what was a revelation is that his life was different than what he was saying, right, Josh? Right. And so by that definition, a lot of what his work is and what he spoke about, it's in a direct contradiction to these revelations. So I, you know, some of that I don't see as being tainted because uh, I mean we can see a difference between his his life's work and and the secret sins that he was hiding. And so, you know, I it is complicated and it is a little bit messy, but I definitely think there is truth worth reclaiming uh, in the body of his work. Okay, so what you're saying is he was telling, he was proclaiming a message of truth, even though his life was living something else. Now we know, yes. and you're saying that there's a distinction right there. You can actually separate yeah. those two. Yeah. Just because his life what was hi- hypocritical, we could say, not living yeah. what he was preaching, yeah. that doesn't change the truthfulness of what he said. Otherwise, we would see a trail leading from his body of work to to the secret sins of his life, right? Right. We would be like, wait, he's saying some stuff that's a little different. What? Why? Why is he talking like that? But the the very thing that um, that is hard for so many of us is that he wasn't saying anything 
that was reflected in what he was doing. Yeah. But right. Would right. You, yeah. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah. And yeah. I, I would agree with you. Um, and again, I feel, I see it's almost like hierarchical a little bit. So at the very top here, like we can separate the two. We can say that just because he didn't live a life that we would deem godly, that he made some big mistakes that hurt some people in some very painful ways and did yes, some terrible, absolutely. terrible damage. I don't want to make light of what he yeah. did at all. No. And not at any level. Yeah. yeah Cause that was the people are still like, you know, we, we said before, you know, like, you punch me in the face. It hurts me that day, maybe a couple of days after that, but that eventually goes away. But when you do something like this to somebody, that emotional kind of pain, and in some cases, spiritual pain with some of them, uh, that yeah. that's being felt today still with them. That's long lasting. But so, you know, I, we're, so we're, we're saying that there is a distinction just because like he did these terrible things that doesn't change the truthfulness of what he actually proclaimed and what he said and what he was basing on the Bible. That doesn't change. But let's cut, let's take it down another level and let's, we'll kind of wrap it up here. So let me kind of push this a little further. Um, and I'll just give kind of an example question. Would you be okay with somebody coming to a church and lived a double life? Maybe we're, we're living in a, like an adulterous affair or what, you know, major substance abuse problems. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm, trying to, I'm trying not to be pick on any one sin, but like unrepentant in a sin, yet coming up and preaching a message that was 100% truthfulness. There was nothing, you know, um, heretical about what they're saying or unbiblical about what they're saying. Proclaiming a true message, would you have a problem with that? With that person coming Gosh, to a church, that's a pretty. <laughs> I know I didn't. I didn't prep you with that one. I'm. I'm kind of I threw that one at you. Yeah. So you're saying if you know if you know ahead of time, you're saying yes. you know ahead of time. Yes. Gosh. Um. You know what? Ministry. Uh. The Bible talks about how when you're teaching and you're proclaiming, you're held to a different standard. And so you know, character uh, does matter. There's a difference between. You know, we live in a civil society, uh, uh, believe in separation of church and state. The first person to ever say those words was Jesus when he said, render to Caesar what Caesar's and what to to God, what is God. But there was absolutely a different standard for priests in the Old Testament and for teachers in the New Testament by uh, even if you follow the theology that Apostle Paul teaches on the body saying there's different kind of members and, and the Apostle Paul talking about there's different kind of vessels. In, in Timothy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there, I, I would definitely say I would have a problem with it. I know there's a big difference between habitual, unrepented of sin and a maturity in Christ and handling things discreetly, but having accountability. I'm not saying you put your stuff out in front of everyone, but working through a process of accountability and restoration. So yeah, I would definitely have a problem uh, with someone in the context of church. I'm not talking about, you know, if they're a cop or a judge or in different other positions, my kids, you know, teachers at school, there's a different standard. But when it comes to someone teaching in church and handling what we believe to be the word of truth, yeah, absolute character is a big part of that, big part of the presentation. Okay. Yeah, I agree. That's a good answer. I I would agree with that. And I think that's really what people are struggling with is what do I do with, with Robbie? I mean, I know he's passed, but like, the books and the recordings and everything that he preached. What do I do with that? Is it wrong for me to, to listen to that or read that? Does what he did corrupt all of that? Should we just shut him down completely and 
don't ever mention him again. That's uh, for me. I think the answer is no. That's what everybody's dealing with. I think, <laughs> but but you're right. It is complicated, right? It's not easy, and this is the messiness of life, and this is the messiness that uh, you know. I come from in my family, and I, I would assume every family is the same way. You know, there's brokenness. There's loved ones that that we have friends and family, and they wrestle with with certain things, and so it is complicated. It and and you know we're not abstract observers of this phenomenon, right? The line of good and evil right. goes through our own heart too, and yeah. so this is some of the messiness of life. This is why the biblical record and scriptures is so real. It never holds up humanity in an unrealistic light, right? Right. I mean, we're not. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah, and just to kind of sum this up, you know, I think what we can really gather from this, number one, it shows us that we are in desperate need of a savior. Like you said, we're n- none of us are exempt from any of this. None of us, you know, I was just having a conversation the other day with my wife about this. Is like, you know, I don't know what I'm capable of. You know, I try to put safeguards. I try to use wisdom and how it deals with my life and all that. So I'm not put in these positions that I don't know how I'd react in. I have no idea. I don't want to find out either. I don't want to get anywhere near those situations. Well, and that's that's true wisdom. I, I heard a gentleman talking about just the other day, and he said, and he he wasn't coming from a, a biblical uh, or a Christian worldview, and he said, it's because I'm not a good guy that I put uh, stand uh, guidelines and I put up guardrails. He's like, <laughs> I know good. exactly what will lead to. And he, he was just saying pr- pure wisdom to maintain his marriage. He's like, I don't go drink at parties and do any of that because I don't know where it will lead. Or Better, better yet, I know I do know where it will lead to, uh, and it was yeah. a completely secular, wisdom based, uh, wanting to maintain relationships and being honest about his own behavior. Yeah, it's good. It's really, it's really important that we have that kind of humility to recognize uh, what we're potentially, what we are capable of, and what we're potentially capable of. And so, again, this whole situation is it points us towards having, having that humility. And two, I think another thing. Um, you know, it's, it's a humility and that reliance. We, we, we need, we need every day. We need Christ. We need him every day. Salvation was not a day that you experience in your past. It's an ongoing process that we need every day. God, I need you every day. And, uh, I think the other thing too is, you know, I, I kind of, you know, to be honest, I kind of did a little bit of this myself and that's putting humans too high on a pedestal and, you know, not not giving them a glory they don't deserve and not being too caught off guard, you know, when something like this happens. So I think for me, hey. those were kind of two of, the, two of the big takeaways. And we're raised on superhero movies, right? The easiest thing in the it's world true. to yeah. think and yeah. to believe in uh, super powerful uh, heroes. Yeah, it's true. Yep. It runs through our, runs through <laughs> our culture, doesn't it? So. Well, Shane, we're going to wrap this up here. Uh, this is a great conversation. I love this. this is, you know, I love doing this, you know, thinking out loud. And you know, doing a little back and forth with this. I think a lot of people are really struggling with this, not sure what to do. So it was good having these conversations. I hope everybody listening, I hope it helps out. I hope you got you thinking a little bit and maybe gave you a little clarification on, uh, on the whole matter and hopefully in a way that points you closer to Jesus. Because that's not why we're doing this. Well, you can always catch any of our episodes at our website, switchinglindspodcast.com. You can find all of our episodes on your podcast player of choice and you can reach us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Shane, thanks for joining me always. Always appreciate your comments. Awesome. Thanks, Josh. Great to be here. And everybody, we will see you next time.